Hey there, this is Katie Brinkley, and you're listening to Rocky Mountain Marketing. This podcast is all about helping Colorado-based small business owners, entrepreneurs, and professionals discover the strategies and systems that take their marketing to all new heights. Let's dive into today's episode. Okay, welcome back to the podcast. My guest today is Lori McGahee, and we are going to dive right in. Now, Lori has spent the majority of her 20-plus year marketing career helping agricultural groups promote their products internationally. She's applied her marketing prowess to a variety of U.S. agricultural products, such as potatoes, honey, ginseng, and wool, just to name a few. In recent years, she has expanded her industry repertoire to serve a variety of companies, including a tax attorney firm, a management consulting agency, and a software company, and a national foundation. A born marketer with an unwavering flair for crafting a great story, Lori applies her talents to the business world by helping companies effectively and persuasively tell their story with a glass that's always more than half full. Lori's optimism is infectious and has reaped immense success for her clients. Now, Lori, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Lori, I always like to start way back at the beginning. Where did you grow up and uh, what was your life growing up? I'm a native Denver, Colorado person. Uh, so, Another native. Yep. Uh-huh. And um, I went to Catholic schools. I'm the oldest of five kids. And um, yeah, so native Colorado. And I, and I always dreamed of traveling as a child. I mean, we never went anywhere internationally. But anytime someone would go somewhere that I knew it was overseas, I would ask them to send me a postcard. That's so great. I used to collect little postcards when I was a kid. <laughs> my uh, my dad always makes sure to send my daughters uh, a couple postcards whenever he goes traveling somewhere, and, and they love getting those in the mail, too. So I know how yeah. uh, special it is to, to get those postcards from around the world. Uh-huh. Um, so I just wanted to, to follow up and say, uh, you know, what, what was your life like growing up? Uh, how do you think that that kind of impacted your eventual career and professional journey? Well, um being the oldest of five kids, I was always the responsible one and the one that took care of the kids. But also I was kind of the ambassador, the peacemaker. <laughs> so that served me well as an adult in, um, you know, meet with my job. I travel around the world and I meet a variety of different people. And I kind of know how to navigate um, difficult situations. And it's, it, it, I think it really did help me with, um, you know, being the oldest, being a leader, I guess. Yeah. And um, I always take charge. Of, I'm bossy, sort of. But, um, you know, I think that's a good thing. And um, so, yeah, I think that that's what it was. And I always loved school. And I always loved to read and to write. And um, so that was part, that's a big part of my job as well, is reading and writing. And so I think that that was just a big part of it. Just being, you know, in a chaos, because I have a very huge family. I have something like, 50 something first cousins and and being one of the oldest I was a lot of times the babysitter and I would babysit like 10 kids <laughs> you know and um so I know how to handle groups of people and <laughs> you know absolutely. I whip I them into shape right away <laughs> absolutely now you know you you were saying you know getting to travel the world what's uh give me your top three places that you've gotten to go for, for your work um well Japan I love Japan I've gotten to go there quite a bit and traveled several areas around the country um and in November I went to India oh, wow. and I was very surprised that I loved it it's a place I've been avoiding going 
and um, I just absolutely love it. And and I also get to go to Spain and Mexico for work, and I really really enjoy those countries as well. That's great. So yeah, Mexico is a beautiful. I mean, I only had gone to Mexico just to the beaches and stuff, but the people are really polite and kind. It's a beautiful country. There's so many things culturally that um, surprised me. Um, they're lo- kind of like France. They love their bread. They have a lot of uh, bakeries on every corner in Mexico City. And, and that just really surprised me. Yeah. It reminded me of France a bit. And I love France. So <laughs> hard to pick just three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you take us a bit through your career journey? Like when, when you started out, the, the different professional stops along the way and how that led to where you are today? Sure. So um, I started working part-time as a bookkeeper for an agricultural group here in Denver, based here in Denver. It's the U.S. Potato Board. And um, I worked there part-time, and my son was a little kid. He was a baby. And um, so it was a perfect job for me. And um, when he got into be into kindergarten, the president of the company asked me if I wanted to work in um, the international marketing area because they were hiring a new director and they needed an administrative person for that. And at the time I didn't have my degree. I had had a couple years of college, but I got married very young and didn't finish college. So, um, so I thought, well, that'll be a good time for me to do that. So I went ahead and went full time. And um, then my new boss came and he really wanted someone somewhat more of a project manager, not an admin person. And um, so there was a bit of a learning curve there, but um, he really wanted me to take things over and to handle things. So he really gave me a lot of responsibility. So at the time I thought, well, if I don't go back to school and get a degree with this great experience I'm getting, um, I may not be able to go anywhere with it. So um, then I went back to school at University of Denver and I went part-time. They had a program called the Women's College and it was a weekend college, which was perfect. It was every other weekend, and it was um, o- only a business degree. So that was just super tough because I've never been a great person at math, and I had to take all the really hard math classes to get a business degree. You know, I ended up taking, you know, the algebra and um, the higher level um, math classes, statistics, and all the things I never thought I could do, but I did it, and I got help all the way through it you know went to get tutored and so forth and um I had gone for three years and my very last year I thought you know I just this is just taking so long so I mapped out my my journey and I said if I go for one solid year and take 18 credit count credit hours a a quarter I will be done next August so uh, so I was a little crazy because I was working full-time I had a child (laughs) In a first grade, and I um, did 18 credit hours that last year. And luckily, my job, because one of the classes I had to take during the day, they allowed me to miss a couple hours of work um, on those days or to use vacation or whatever. So I ended up graduating in August of that year. And as soon as I graduated, I was promoted to be the manager over Asia. Oh, wow. And, awesome. Yeah, and, yeah. Asia is the number one market for U.S. potatoes, which is surprising. But um, they sell a lot to the quick serve restaurants and hotels and so forth. So the fast food places. And um, so I did that for about five years. And then um, in 2000, I thought, I really need to learn how to market things besides potatoes. 
And um, so I left the potato board and um, started working right away with American Wool Council and um, the American Mohair Council and also worked with affordable housing groups. And I couldn't decide if I wanted to, I, if I wanted a full-time job or if I wanted to consult. And part of me, I was leaning toward, okay, let's just try to find something that's full-time. And I just kept getting more and more business and never missed a paycheck. So it just kind of morphed into itself. And, um, and it was a little scary at first because at the time my son was getting ready to go into high school and um, he had always wanted to go to Regis Jesuit High School. And, um, you know, that's not cheap. <laughs> and so it was, it was very nerve wracking. But, uh, but, you know, it all worked out. And I wasn't, I was, I was a little nervous, but my dad is an entrepreneur. He's had his own business for 40 years. He's a contractor. So he would coach me along and say, oh, come on, don't worry. You're not, if you worry, you're not cut out to be an entrepreneur. Because if you worry all the time, it's not going to happen. You just have to move forward and keep working at it. Absolutely. And, and so that's, that's been great advice. Yeah. And yeah. Um, as a fellow entrepreneur, I, I definitely uh, have found, you know, it seems like, oh my goodness, you know what? I lost that client, but it's always kind of like, it get, kind of drives you to yeah. you know, really go after finding another client and, you know, you end up finding a client that's even better. So. Right. Right. And then also I, um, I had a, teacher in well I ended up going I finished my degree and then I also got an MBA um, so I did that after I started my own company and I thought well it would it would be really good for me to have that for my company and I had a professor say he was a consultant as well you know if you don't if you find yourself not busy make a few calls and get a go on your list and make a few calls and I tell you that works every time people will respond and um, it's a great way to get work and I'm really nervous because agriculture is a small world. And um, so I really, really protect my reputation as best I can. Because um, there's about how, how I work with what we call cooperators or agricultural cooperators. And um, there's about 80 cooperators in the country that um, they're agricultural groups. And um, we get a grant through the USDA to market overseas. And so I help my clients obtain that grant, make sure that they are in compliance with that grant, and then we develop, I develop marketing strategies for them, and then I evaluate their programs as well. I help them, um, for, I do a variety of things. I, I would help them hire help overseas, like other agencies. So I've worked in Asia for, you know, 30 years, so I've known these people that I've worked with in the past for a long time. So I travel there, I will interview companies for marketing work. Um, and so I oversee these companies that are carrying out the marketing work on behalf of my clients. And, um, and then I develop ideas as well. So it's, it's really fun. It's very busy, <laughs> but it's very yeah. fun. Awesome. And it's always different because I work with um, Wisconsin Ginseng Board, um, American Wool Council, the Mohair Council of America, and the National Sunflower Association. That's awesome. I mean, uh, yeah. talk about a whole you know, untapped kind of uh, field that you don't really even think about. Um, yeah, you know, it's definitely a niche. Yeah. Uh -huh. And uh, um, people that work in this area don't leave their jobs. Like I've known some of the same people for 30 years. We have a conference that we attend twice a year. It's called the U.S. Agricultural Export Development Council. 
and um, yeah, same people every yeah. year. <laughs> so it's, it's a great, it's a great job. It's um, wonderful to get to travel overseas. And, um, you know, I have a lot of friends overseas. So yeah, it's awesome. Now backpacking, backtracking just a little bit, um, you know, back to, you know, being an entrepreneur, you know, if, if someone out there who was listening to the to podcast today is an aspiring or a, a new business owner, what's the single biggest piece of advice that you would give him or her as their journey starts? Well, I would say that networking is very important. And um, I have to tell you that I hated that term when I started out, because to me, that feels like you're using people. And um, I just, I did not like it. I just hated it. And I have a very good friend who is also an entrepreneur and she has her own PR firm. And she really helped me see that it's really not, if you're genuine with people and um, you really get to know them, you can help each other out. And so without trying to sell something, but really genuinely get to know people, reach out and ask for a 20 minute coffee, um, ask them what they do. I think that's just super important. And um, just those relationships are important in every business, but that's especially important is to maintain those relationships to get new clients. And then I've gotten a lot of my business through referrals because I reach out and I talk to people and um, it's just keeping net networking, but in a genuine way. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more with the, it, you know, the, the more I've uh, been, you know, working as an entrepreneur, the more I've realized that it's all about, uh, you know, just establishing those relationships and keeping, you know, those connections. Um, and there's been right. times where I've, you know, it's been great just to, to share a bit of advice and, you know, connected a, a client to another uh, person in the social media industry that can help them build courses or, or anything. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it's great to have those kind of relationships for sure. Yeah, for sure. If, if you could go back and do anything differently uh, along your journey to, to where you are now, what, what would you change, if anything? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I just wish I were more organized. <laughs> I struggle with that. And so, um, but other it's than that. As an entrepreneur, it, it's hard. Like if, when you're by yourself, it's hard keeping, you know, yeah. all the balls up in the air, making sure that not one of them drops. I, I totally yeah. I, I'm still working on it. And, um, but, you know, I think I have really wonderful clients. I've had all my clients for most of them for 20 years. The newest one is the Sunflower Association. I've had them for seven years. So um, I beat myself up for saying, well, I'm not, I'm not so organized. I need to be, get better at that. But I guess you always have to be working for something better. Absolutely. And, and I just, over the past 20 years, have really just, you know, put my nose to the grindstone and just worked. And, um, and it's been, you know, just hard work does pay off. And, you know, they say, yeah, I got really lucky because I worked hard. <laughs> you don't get, you know, it's not really luck. It's just hard working, having to be, you know, put the, put you, putting your nose to the grindstone yep. having to, and working. If, now, what do you think the biggest mistake many business owners make when they're, when they're trying to just grow and um, be a successful business? Um, I think that if they are um, not sincere, again, going back to that, um, you know, tr trustworthy and sincere, you have to, you have to gain that um, respect from your clients. 
And um, if you're trying to grow and you're just trying to do it quick, too quickly and in a sense use people, that's not, that's not a good way to do it. Also, I always tell people that um, I've been divorced now for a long time. So I always say that being in business is like dating. If you're desperate, nobody wants you. <laughs> but if you are confident in what you do and you work hard, you people come to you. Not running your business on NetSuite is like trying to sink a putt with a cap pulled over your eyes. NetSuite by Oracle is the number one cloud financial system, giving you visibility and control of your financials, inventory, budgeting, and more all in one place. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 31,000 businesses already use NetSuite. This summer, NetSuite has a special financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com go. netsuite.com go. So it's kind of a funny. No, that's, fun. that's a great analogy. Um, it, again, going back to the, you know, when you're out there trying to get too many clients or whatever and scrambling as an entrepreneur. And you appear desperate. Yeah. You look desperate, but it's kind of like, oh, you know what? Another client's going to come along and they're going to be even better than the last yeah. one. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so I know that you have a very niche uh, business. Uh, you know, but what, do you, what does your model look like for finding and engaging and selling to your ideal clients and customers these days? Well, I like to work with small companies because they're the companies that um, need help. And a lot of times when you are that marketing person in the office working for a company, you are reactive rather than proactive. And so I come to them offering them to be proactive and saying, um, what can we do to get a jump on your marketing? Um, rather than reacting to everything, let's develop a plan and be proactive. So I've done that for several clients. One that comes to mind is a small um, management firm. And I really helped him develop a strategic plan and come up with some tactics that would give him exposure and help him to be, you know, rather than waiting around for something to happen, he, he took the bull by the horns and did it. And he was, he was a great client. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you like best about living and working in Colorado? The weather is awesome. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a beautiful place. And, um, you know, all the sunshine that we get. And we're a fit state. So um, I love that because I love going to my gym, which I miss very much right now. <laughs> and um, But, you know, going out and walking and you just see people out running and walking and biking and um, just such an active place and I love that yeah I mean um, I know you're a Denver native too and uh, it's it's crazy just thinking about just over the past 10 years how much it has changed and grown and uh, how you know I drive by you know when I where I grew up I grew up in Littleton and mm -hmm. I remember I used to have to take take a dirt road uh, to get through the neighborhood to get to uh, the mall so yeah. I mean, it's so crazy now being like oh my gosh and now it's restaurant row over there and uh, it's it's crazy it's grown and changed but I just like you I can't imagine living anywhere else um, yeah you know it's funny as that when I was a teenager I worked at Casa Bonita <laughs> I took and my daughter there for the very first time uh, just a couple months ago now and she was in awe of it well, it was a it was a really fun place to work and talk about preparing me for a future as well. I mean, it was really, really hard work. And um, it was so much fun because they would have like 400 kids they would hire in the summer. And so it was like a big high school. And um, I made so many friends, but 
one of the things they did is they had this contest because they always had trouble hiring people. And um, the contest was whoever got the most people in hired won a $1,500 stereo. So um, I won it that summer. <laughs> so awesome. I worked really hard and I went out and I got all these people jobs and I did all this, all this quote unquote marketing stuff to attract people to Casa Bonita. And um, I won the stereo and I laughed because um, the guy that was my manager at the time is now the head manager at Casa Bonita. Oh, wow. Still there. And um, I went there last year sometime and I saw one of the managers and I just talked to him and I said, Oh yeah, I worked here when I was a teenager. It was great fun. And then, um, I said, yeah, I, in fact, I won a stereo. And he goes, you're the one that won the stereo. Mike still talks about you in the meeting. <laughs> he always says this gal had so much gumption and she just went out and she really worked it and she won that stereo. So it's really funny that so many years later, still <laughs> so I was always a marketing person. <laughs> <laughs> what, do, what do you like to do away from the office? What What's a, a fun day for you um, when we're when we're able to leave the house? <laughs> um, well, I love children, and I have lots of children in my life. So um, I have some adopted grandchildren that um, I spend a lot of time with, and I enjoy them. And I have a lot of nieces and nephews, and just spending time with family is good. Good fun. Um, what's the best piece of advice that you? ever received and and how has, has it impacted your business or, or your life? Um, one thing is that uh, I thought this was really wise. If you, if someone wants to hire you or you're looking for a new job, always ask at the end, um, is there anything, any reason why you wouldn't hire me? Because then that gives them the opportunity to tell you and you to answer the negatives possibly. So I always thought that was a really good piece of advice. Great. And then of course, the networking. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great piece of advice um, that one you can use to hopefully turn, turn the interview around to, to why they should hire you. Um, right. And two, mm -hmm. uh, constructive criticism is always great to keep in your back pocket with uh, Very valuable. Going, yeah. going into that next interview. So mm -hmm. uh, now, so before we finish up, uh, is there anything that I didn't ask you uh, about during today's discussion that, that you think is important to share? Um, well, I mean, I guess a lot of entrepreneurs financially, I ne have never taken out a loan for my company. And, um, so I think that, I mean, different people do it differently, but, and I'm a small business, so it's just me. And, um, I've always just gone, you know, paycheck to paycheck. However, I'm very blessed because I have lots of insurance. Like I have, um, disability insurance and, you know, my pay for my own health insurance. I have my own. Roth IRA and I pay into my retirement and that kind of thing. So, um, but I think it's important to keep your finances in order for sure. Cause that could get out of hand really fast. So, um, well, I mean that those, that's my full list of questions that I have for you. It has been a great conversation. Where, yeah, has. Can, where can we find out more about you and your business online? Uh, well, LinkedIn is probably the best way. <laughs> I'm the worst marketer of myself. I'm like the accountant that doesn't do their own accounting. I have a website in process, but I haven't gotten to it yet. <laughs> so yeah, LinkedIn is probably the best. All right, great. Well, I will uh, be sure to include a link to your LinkedIn account uh, in, in today's description of the podcast. And uh, thank you again so much for, for being on the show today. Of course. Thank you. And if there's anything I can do for you, please let me know. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. As always, I'd love to hear from you. You can visit my website at www.nextstepsocialcommunications.com or connect with me on LinkedIn. Just look for Katie Brinkley. Let's keep taking your marketing to new heights.